Right. I mean, what is down to earth? I mean, like yeah. my, my mother always told me, you know, Benny, the moment you think you've got it, you've just lost it right. with, any, with anything in yeah. life. So I, yeah. and if I'm not careful, like I say, I have to check myself. I can mm. get pretty cocky mm. and pretty, you know, when, when things go my way, I sort of, mm. you know, have unfathomable trust mm. in my judgment. Mm. And, you know, well, I, I got myself here. So, well, yeah, there's luck as well. And yeah. there's chaos and there's mm. timing and there's people and there's, it's not all, me. I mean, mm. everything, you know, life is a team sport, really. I think relationships are the most important. Chookers. Chookers! Welcome everybody. Welcome to Chookers. My name is James. And my name is Neil. Thanks and for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Here we have the wonderful Benjamin Murray. Welcome. Thank you very much. Hello, how are you? <laughs> Good to have you here. Now, Ben, you're you're an actor, but I'm sure you're more than that. I mean, uh, what would you describe yourself as? Kind of like the way Jim Morrison described himself. I think of myself as a compassionate, intelligent human being with the soul of a clown ready to ruin it at any moment. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not saying I describe myself as that, but I quite like the way you put that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and how does that inform your kind of, like, artistic life? Like, you're, you act. Yes. Yes. Are there other arts and and other hobbies or not hobbies necessarily, but other arts that you do? How dare you. Other other things we, you just dabble in yes. that you're not very good at and you don't make money from. Do you have a real job? Yeah. <laughs> um I dabble in music. I mean a lot of all my family uh on both sides are musicians. Oh wow. Um I'm not sure why I picked acting. Um I'm not about to say, you know, I didn't pick acting, it picked me. It picked me. <laughs> but um I just never grew out of Dress-ups, basically, mm, role play. Mm. Um, I think through the work I do, I learn a little bit more about myself each time. I think if I'm doing my job right, that's what mm. happens. Um, I'm not bored of it yet. Mm, yeah, mm, yeah, no, no. Um, I wanted to, I mean, we always look at the journey and stuff. So where did this journey start off? So your parents were... Both musicians and no, my, my parents aren't musicians. Just all my extended family. Oh yeah, right, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So, so where did the the, the the fire come from? When did it start? And yeah, um, I mean, I've been doing it since I was two, basically since Mum bought me a Superman costume. Mm. But um, I think professionally, I when I was nineteen, having finished high school, I went to a place called South Seas Film Television School. And I, for some reason, thought I was more likely to succeed behind the camera or in writing than I would as an actor. I okay. just didn't have any confidence. I was told in, you know, in school plays and whatever that I was fantastic and whatever, which is lovely. I've, I've never been one to ask people what they think. Oh, you know, if it's not offered, don't ask. Mm. Um, and in the same institution where I was studying film and television, there's a drama school with David Coddington at the time. And every, I think it was Wednesday evening, 
That'll be the phone. <laughs> every, um, quite on set. <laughs> every uh, Wednesday, there were acting classes um, with the head of drama. And, and again. That's and, um, another buck. It's all right. Another case. And um, basically, yes, a few months went by and David said after class, Ben, can I see you in my office? Okay. <laughs> I'm waiting outside. He walks in, sit down. Close the door. Ben, what are you doing? You can't direct. Your writing's okay, but with no immediate talent. Um, I see you walking around campus and you look miserable. Your eyes light up when you come to my class and you need training, but I think you're an actor. A week later, I dropped out of the film school and then I got cast in Shortland Street, which is... New Zealand's Neighbours or Home and Away or wow. whatever it is for a little two-week stint. Have you, have you heard of this? No, no. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's it. big in Ireland, strangely. <laughs> so, yeah. Strangely, yeah. Neighbours and Home yeah. and Away is uh, big in the UK. There you yeah. go. Exactly. Um, so that was, yeah, that's pretty much where it began professionally yeah. for me. I like to think I've grown since then. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm not sure I may have regressed or progressed. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course. I think we all uh, we all feel that way at certain points. So, so yeah, you dropped out uh, Shorten Street, and then uh, two weeks you got bit by the bug. Yes, I and think I think I was already bitten by the bug. I just wasn't aware. Right. You know? Yeah. Because I'm I'm in all honesty, I'm not so sure I know who I am. Mm. Mm. Um. Yes. I mean, I keep every time I think I know who I am. Um. Or even, you know, even with the method I use, I keep thinking, oh, this is my method. This is how I act, whatever. And I'll get the you know, screenplay or script and I'll look through it. And then, oh, that, that, that's not going to work this time. <laughs> Similarly in life, I keep sort of thinking, you know, yeah, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. I know how, mm-hmm. whatever. I can almost, I, I can get a propensity to get a bit smug sometimes. Right. And then... Um, eating a big piece of humble pie really mm. quickly. Mm. So I don't know. In terms of the bug or whatever, I think it's just a, um, as best I can, a self-exploration and hopefully, you know, giving something to an audience. Mm-hmm. One of the best things I think I ever heard from a tutor was they said, Ben, who do you act for? And I thought, well, the, the writer's the obvious one. The audience is the second obvious one. I said, me, and he goes, no, you act for the other actor. You give mm. them the best performance you can, and then everything else will fall into place. Mm. That kind of stuck with me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's so. interesting to link um, your your kind of acting and creative career with your personality kind of – I mean, would you I, – I, the classic question, do you feel you're uncovering your personality or do you feel like you're building your personality? Both. Both. Mm. Like, yeah, there's a part that's already there, but there's a part that you're working on as well that you've just. I think the important thing is, is, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but to find the truth in what I'm doing um, and what feels and intuitively feels true and right. Um, Listening, responding. um, And look, as many different classes, training I've had, <clears throat> different um, directors, different actors, whatever. At the end of the day, it's dress-ups. 
It's no, di- it's no different to you know when I was dressed up as you know Batman as a kid. I was Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was there was no question. You know, just it's just that. But I think there was a thing I was told um, my first day at RADA was when they said, you know, I think it takes. I think he said it takes ten thousand hours to become a master at something. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That's Malcolm Gladwell. Malcolm Gladwell. Uh, Is it? Right. Yeah, yeah. Wait, you told me you didn't read that book. What? Have you read that book? No. I haven't read that book. I know about it. I can know about a thing without reading it. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I swear I brought this on, up in one of our first podcasts. I think podcasts. we have. I think we have in yeah, the past. Yeah, it's, I've, it's on my, it's on my um, wish list or whatever. I'll anyway. give the book to you. Go anyway. Yeah. Fantastic book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, sorry. No, you, supposedly it takes 10,000 hours and... um. The other thing he said is he said, listen, while you're here, do what you don't like because you're going to end up doing the things you do like. So broaden your range. And I think one of the important things is to go in and obviously not just as the character experience everything for the first time. Mm. Experience the set or the or the theatre for the first time. Um, yeah, I think Brecht was a huge influence on me in terms of the alienation effect. Mm-hmm. All that sort of thing. Do you, yeah, I do, yeah. do you mind explaining that a bit? Yeah, unpacking well, that look, a bit. My, my limited understanding of it is basically you do your standard Stanislavski work, you do your objectives, super objectives, mm-hmm. um, sense memory, all that, all that sort of stuff, and then you you're you're getting the audience to think, not just feel. Because um, Stanislavski and Ibsen from the Naturalistic era, and then there was the Expressionist era, which is where Brecht came in, mm-hmm. and basically it's the idea of you're presenting an idea of what your character is as well as living it truthfully. So what that does or the attempt of doing that makes the audience question what is real. Mm-hmm. Um, a really good example of that would be Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow. In other words, his idea of pirates are like rock stars. Mm-hmm. So he does mm-hmm. Keith Richards. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so he's playing fun. it truthfully, but there's kind of a presentation of it. And there's also that idea that, you know, there is no fourth wall. I mean, you know, we're just a bunch of actors on stage and there's some people, there's a bunch, you know, almost kind of like, um, is it Jean-Paul Sartre, that sort of absurdist idea of, you know, here we are on a, you know, among bricks or wood or whatever mm. with sitting on squidgy, this is absurd, wearing cloth and mm. just that thing of, you know, you are living truthfully in the story, but you're also aware that, you know, you, it's absurd. We're, we're mm. adults playing yeah. make-believe. Mm. So Brecht is like, um, letting the audience know that we're in this journey together. So we, I think so. Yeah. Yes. So it it's is it saying that um, to to letting the audience know we know we're in a theater and we are performing. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. Um. Yeah. I mean that that had a huge influence mm. on me in terms of because because it, it is absurd. Mm. It's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. You, you know? could you couldn't go walk on the street and do what we do. I mean, you could. You could. <laughs> you could. You could. A lot of people do. You know, uh, you know yeah. what? A lot of people do, and I've seen them do it, and and that, that takes guts and yeah. not get arrested. Or they I, mean, get, I mean, we all act every day. Sure, mm, you know, mm, mm. Um, I, I'd say, I think that's not too bold to say. I think we all do. Yeah. Mm. If you're having a horrible day, how are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you went to you went to RADA, and you're the first, actually- this is great because you're the first person I met who went to RADA. So can you like give us your experience there? And well, firstly, uh, how did you get there? Like, how did you get from Shorten Street to RADA? All right, I'll was, try and give you the shortest version of the story. Yeah, yeah I, I swam. Yeah, <laughs> um, very strong swimmer. Um, look, I'll try and give you the shortest, most succinct 
concise version of the story. Following Shortland Street, I think it was a few months later, I went to Melbourne and had a year there. And then I got into the National Theatre mm-hmm. um, Drama School and was began undergrad training. <clears throat> Finished first year and then got cancer, um, th- oh. thyroid cancer. So that cut my training short. Mm-hmm. And then the shortest version of that story is I got into full remission, I think it was seven years later. And it'd be the odd time between treatments that I could mm. do some work if I was lucky to get work or whatever. But, um, you know, that was a serious roadblock. Mm. Not just my training, mm. but everything. I, mean, I was 21. 21? Mm. Yeah. Wow. By the time they found it, yeah, anyway. Basically, so got into full remission and uh, I had spent a lot of time in London prior, following the op prior to my radiation treatments happening. It was meant to be a... I think it was one month holiday and it's really weird. I don't know where this came from, but dad was already over there cause he'd gone from business trip. Um, I think he may have been in America or whatever. And then mum and I flew over to meet him and we're going over the bridge in a black cab from the airport. And I don't know where it came from. I said, I'm not going back in a month. I'm going to do some work. But I think I want to play Romeo. I'm 22 soon. And um, yeah, I want to do that. I got three plays. Um, one was about the human trafficking in Europe. Um, another one was Romeo and Juliet playing Paris in the um, Stratford-upon-Avon Shakespeare Festival. Wow. And then I did a three-month tour playing Romeo. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so that was – and I called the doctors and they said, no, no, it's fine. You can go and do that, you know. But when you come back, you know, you must come back and we'll go straight into treatments. And so I stayed for nine months. Um, straight into treatments. Um, a few years later, went uh, got into full remission, got my first feature film role in Pirates of the Airwaves, and uh, then went back to London, did some work a little bit. Um, of all things, shot a short western in London. That was quite bizarre, <laughs> and um, and then just thought. <laughs> I've got to be careful how I talk about this, but the class system in London potentially is potentially worse than it's ever been. Mm. Um, Speaking quite candidly, unless you went to RADA, Lambda, Central, or Guildhall, um, it's a lot harder. And I thought... I wonder if I could get into a postgraduate course at RADA. I, just, I wonder. It's not, look, if I'm being absolutely honest, of course, to, to have the what they like, what they call the RADA stamp on your CV, mm-hmm. but also to have some sense of completion. Because mm-hmm. now I'd been to a film school and dropped out early. I'd been to drama school and was, you know, got ill, so couldn't continue. And I contacted them and said, look, you know, based on nine years of experience, I mean, I say nine, seven of those were out of action, but, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mostly out of action anyway. And uh, they said, no, no, that your experience is fine. You don't need an undergrad to do this. I think 8,000 or something like that audition, and I got in. Wow. <laughs> I'll never forget Angie Wisniewski, um, who used to run all the master's courses there and created the course that I was in, Theatre Lab, MA Theatre Lab. He um, 
was reading my statement on my application after a sort of a grueling group physical um, audition, group audition. And he goes, now, Benjamin, you've, um, you've mentioned that you're thrilled by the prospect of divisive work. Um, do people like you? <laughs> and I was incredibly nervous. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm still a reasonably nervous person, but I was, um, I think my palms were sweating. I, I'm pretty sure I was a, yeah. And I sort of started gabbling something I can't remember. And then he sort of let me off with my movement tutor year and next week. He goes, oh, well, everybody's likable once you get to know them, aren't they? And there was this sort of maybe three beat silence. And he goes, thank you. You want me to go? You know, just I sort of got <laughs> up and he opened the door and I thought, oh, look, I gave it a go. You mm, know what I mean? Mm. I got in. <laughs> um, and look, it was military training of a different discipline. I really mean that. We'd have to run up 10 flights of stairs uh, once every day, if I recall. And if we didn't do it, you know, as fast as we could, we'd be, you know, grueled. We were emotionally broken down, physically broken down, and built a very old sort of, Conservatoire training. Mm. Now this is all well and good, but um, it's a one-year course, which is incredibly grueling. You didn't, you know, be on an average sleeping two hours a night, um, because a master's is a master's without all the physical and emotional mm. and personal aspect to it. But the course is a pass or fail course. You can't get a two-one or a first or whatever. You either mm. pass everything or you don't. I uh, I have dyslexia. Um, and I had not had to do any written um, assignments in my first year at National. And uh, I, in all honesty, I struggled um, academically. I mean, a master's is a master's, let alone without um, an academic background, and it definitely is a skill. Um, and so how it worked was I got, I think I was seven months in, and... Um, I failed an essay and tried it again and I failed and they said, I'm sorry, Ben, we have to withdraw you from the course. Wow. But um, Angie Wisniewski, who um, I sort of thought of like my fairy godmother, you know, he was incredible. He, I was more or less treated like any other alumni, which is incredibly lucky. Um, and I was told or suggested that, you know, to put on my training that I went there, not unlike I've put, you know, I've done, because my CV essentially is I received undergraduate training at the national and postgraduate training. I just don't specify what course. I specify the year I left. Mm -hmm. um, now, the point of this huge, quite convoluted story is that I think what I'm starting to find is that it's quite good to have a blend of the classical training and just on the job experience. Um, I'm 35 this week and I have noticed now, granted I was 29, just about to turn 30 when I left RADA. Now a lot of actors having done it for 10 years drop out at that point. Um, so that's one factor. Um, but I have suddenly managed to grant be granted far more work since that. And I don't believe it's just because of RADA. The, the, the real goal I have 
is to get into a position where I have some influence on casting with productions mm. and to reach the glass ceiling, so to speak, because mm. I think the job should go to the best person there, not the one who went to this drama school or comes from this family or they're from this background mm. or you know mm. whatever it be. Um, that's my ultimate goal because I just because I want to work with my friends. You know? Yeah, yeah, you know? great. Yeah, and what would you say to? Um, I mean, maybe, yeah, what would you say to yourself back then? If you could communicate to yourself at 21 right now, what would you say? Before or after the diagnosis? Before. What would I say to him? Yeah. A lot of people ask me, you know, how did it change my life? I don't know any different. Mm. I can imagine it, but I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I don't think I'd say anything because I just I, there's no advice I could think of what someone goes through mm. with that. Um, I'd sort of play it down a lot, like you know, oh well, as far as cancer goes, you know, you'd, you'd pick thyroid. If someone put a gun at your head and said you can have cancer, you ask for a tumor in your thyroid gland because it's you know it's isolated, it's not not unlikely to spread. When I um was diagnosed i sort of said oh, did smoking cause this and i think the doctor said something along the lines of you know you getting this sort of cancer because of smoking would be like you breaking your arm playing chess it's quite unlikely mm. um yeah i don't know what i don't know what i'd say i mean there's a dear friend of mine um in london who you know um quintessential working class lad um, and a terrific actor and in many ways a tutor um, and coach and confidant and best friend, older brother figure really. He, um, and not, not in an inverted snobbery way, but you know, he's, he's very aware of my um, privileged background and in many ways, you know, have been privileged, but he's, I think um, the cancer may have, brought you a little bit down to level perhaps you know if, <laughs> if you'd had your background and your studying and your the luck you've had i mean look i'm a, I'm a middle class white boy for god's sake you know um so i think it sort of brings you back down to a level because i've you know it, it just made things a bit more real because um no money can buy you health um mm. and so i don't know what i'd i don't know what it'd say to me because it's just i i can't um yeah, I don't know what I'd mm. say. That sounds incredibly dramatic. No, yeah, no, no, it's histrionic. But I just, it's, I, I, I honestly, I, I, I'd, I'd need to really think about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. But, but that, but that is uh, still uh, incredibly uh, aware. Like the awareness which you have yourself is, is great. Like not people, not that many people have that kind of awareness of the oneself. Like that, that's lovely to hear because I don't think I'm very self-aware at all. <laughs> sure. but, but, that, that's, but you, you, I, I'm sure that you had quite a few moments in your life you're reflecting over like how did i get here and this is a, and i mean people do have the, those moments and uh, i've i haven't had that kind of i haven't had that kind of answer from anyone like what you just said about, really about you well critically looking at oneself like oh you know i cancer or whatnot has put me down to earth uh, that's what my friend said. Oh, right, okay. I mean, I yeah. think I agree with him, but I'm mm. not sure. Right. I mean, what is down to earth? I mean, like, yeah. my, my mother always told me, you know, Benny, the moment you think you've got it, you've just lost it right. with, any, with anything in yeah. life. So I, yeah. 
And if I'm not careful, like I say, I have to check myself. I can mm. get pretty cocky mm. and pretty, you know, when, when things go my way, I sort of, mm. you know, have unfathomable trust mm. in my judgment. Mm. And, you know, well, I, I got myself here. So, well, yeah, there's luck as well. And yeah. there's chaos and there's mm. timing and there's people and there's, it's not all me. I mean, mm. everything, you know, life is a team sport, really. I think mm. relationships are the most important thing. So. I think so too. And, uh, uh, the funny th- bringing that up also reminds me of, of a friend of mine who I always used to tell him like, mate, you are. You, he, he was good for, for like football player, like soccer, football, and uh, he's still one of my best mates. And I used to tell him, you're the most luckiest person I've ever met. You've never had a major injury. Um, he he played. I think, I'm pretty sure he went to play overseas in Europe as well for a little bit. And uh, um, and he's always been lucky with even if he would go play poker or whatnot, he would be lucky with that. And <laughs> and um, and then recently, like few, uh, two years ago, year and a half ago, he he started getting some health 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 issues. But you know, he has a certain type of mindset and a certain type of character, and he got through it. And I I told I I guess I what. Your friend told you, I told him literally like in the last year, I said, like that puts you down to earth, you know, like you went down to us, like my level of like, uh, of being a human being. Like he was always like, (laughs) like, Superman. Yeah, Yeah. always Superman. And, you know, like now, but at the same time, um, I I, I felt uh, remorse. I felt like I I was, um, I was sad that it happened to him. Like, you know, because he's going through some tough times, had, had to go through some tough times, you know. But I guess like anyone, tough times is where you get challenged the most, you know. And when you come out of it, that's, you can finally say you are something. That's what I feel at least. And, um, but it also takes some, a type of character as well, and which you obviously have, you know. Thank and, you. Um, so, and that's why you're on the show, I guess. <laughs> I, I mean, I suppose, um, you know, trauma is an inevitable thing in right. life. Um, yeah. Hard times are an inevitable thing. Mm. It's... um. You know, it's the old thing, fall down nine times, get up ten. Mm. Um, and there have been so many times that I've thought, you know, this is all peachy, this is all mm. in control. Nah, mm. nah, brick wall. And it forces you to be very creative as well when you hit that brick wall, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Now, do you, like, when, when you're now, because you, you've done a lot of, now, a lot of uh, stage work now, now when, you, when you're, uh, when you're um, constructing a character or whatnot, do you use this into your technique and if there is a technique what is it good god that was not a bad segue um it's not bad that's a pretty good segue um see if i'm if i'm understanding you right you're asking me what my approach is what yes. my method is yeah. what's the, what's it used to be purely stanislavski it used to be purely michael chekhov it used mm. to be purely Me- meisner Brecht, I mentioned earlier. Mm. Brecht, Dean. Um, I'm going to be honest and say I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't. I, I, you know, it's such a cliche to say it, but so many times before I'm just thinking, I don't know what I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, <laughs> terrified. Am I allowed to swear? I'm not sure. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank fuck. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no. Um, <clears throat> uh, like I say, I keep thinking I've got my way of working and then, oh, that's not going to work this time. Oh, um, I have tried method 
I mean, at um, National, I spent a week, ironically enough, as Romeo. I can see the benefits. I just don't think I gained anything more from it than I, than I have when I've just hung it up at the end of the day, so to speak, and picked it up the next morning. I don't knock it. I can see the benefits of it. It works very well for some people. Um, I think that's probably what I can say is, is full method is something I'm not. Um, I mean, it is make believe this truth and you, know, you can be playing. I mean, every life is imagination, everything, you know, what's the, you know, it's getting a bit woo -woo at this point, but you know, what's it's been dreams and reality. Well, same thing. You just, you're living under imaginary circumstances that are a bit more heightened. So I guess one thing I do try and do is find life or death stakes in every mm. moment. Um, yes. I mean, sometimes you could be talking about, you know, getting a bottle of milk, but it's got to be heightened. You've got to have given circumstances and you've got to have something to lose that you're fighting for. Um, and I think ultimately it's also um, the biggest thing I focus on as well is being an ensemble member as best I can because it's not, it's not the Benjamin Murray show. It's not yeah. that at all. It's, you know. Can I be a little cheeky? Absolutely. How are you going about in our project? <laughs> in our project? Um, <laughs> How are you doing it? Well, I'm, I'm playing a narcissist. So we're in, we're in a project together. We're doing a show together. So Spring loaded, yeah. Um, we had our first rehearsal the other night. I thought it was a very good start. If I can say that. Um, how am I going about it? Uh, well, I'm playing a narcissist and the, as much as it's very hard um, but very necessary to not judge and love your character, mm. I'm so far treating in, in my character looking at people like toys and that what I'm fighting for is to not be exposed because I am without doubt the character and to some extent in reality the most insecure person in the room. Um, and so far I'm approaching it, like when we were running the scene the other night and, you know, players were listening and all that, just thinking, <laughs> as I'm listening, right, what can I do with this person? Okay, you could be useful. That sort of thing in, internally. So I don't know. I mean, it's a first rehearsal. And, yeah. um, and that's another thing as well. I never think, right, got it. This yeah. is it. Because it, then the exploration stops, the questioning stops, the, the wonder and the play, most mm. importantly, mm. stops. Um. Does that answer that question? I yeah, yeah, I kind yeah. Of, I, well, well, I just because it was because a terrible habit of digressing. Like, don't I, I? The reason I also ask is because when we were working together, uh, I was trying to find uh, the method of how you work as well. Like, how can I? Uh, what can I give you that that whole time? I was just thinking, how is he working? How is he working? How is he working? So that's why I was like always like <laughs> I was thinking in my head like, how is he working? How can I like to give you something? Um, and uh, like, how is he going to respond to that? Like all the whole time. And then I wasn't sure. I, mean, then, I don't know. But, but, so, but it was yeah. so easy. <laughs> but it was so easy because then you would always give me this open sort of, like, I feel like I could do anything with you at the time. That's the loveliest thing yeah. I could possibly hear from someone I'm working with yeah. is that they there feel no, like, safe blockage. to play. There's no like blockage. Like, oh, he took that. That's great. Okay. okay. Good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank God. That, that was something at <laughs> drama school in the past of just being, grueled about like you know being you're not fucking listening you know mm, and just mm. and all of this and i have to get out of my head and you know because I, I mean i am an only child you know I'm, yeah it's you know and it's not just a oh so i'm allowed to be selfish but you know it's again if i don't watch it mm. you know i'm an aries leo ascending it's all <laughs> it's all it's all you know 
Mr. <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, so hearing that yeah. is one of the loveliest things because I've been if, told. Because if we didn't, Thank if, you. That, if that didn't happen, that's the first time that scene we were doing. Mm. Uh, and it's a- At first time it's head that direction. <laughs> yes. And that's why- uh, like, and, oh. and it might go. And it might go in another one. It may, and, it it may, might, like, <laughs> and I can't. I mean, it's, it's the idea of you know the minute you sort of um, put boundaries on what yeah. you're doing, you limit where you can go, right? Yeah. In, and the the size of the sandpit you're playing in, so to speak, just shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. Mm. There have to be some boundaries, however. There has to be a framework. But I think it, at the moment we're in the we're in the stage of just specifying what are those boundaries. Then we can have freedom within that. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, I don't know. I mean, I you know, being a, you know a bit dyslexic and all the rest, so I've got a bit of a wonky brain. So every time I keep thinking I've got something sorted, it's like oh, I just get wildly confused. So I go in like a That's puppy, great. basically, and just wide-eyed and try and just yeah. I think that in a child Peter Pan thing helps a lot. Um, but then, and it's funny. Someone was talking to me um, a few years ago, and they were saying, you know, Ben, the sort of man-child thing. It's it's kind of cute, sure. It's not going to be cute when you're 40. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of charming and cute now. And, you know, I know you, you know, some of your heroes that you love and all the rest of it, but um, it's not cute when you're 50, you know. Um, <laughs> who are the heroes that you love? Who are the, who are, are there any mentors out a- there? Actors? Or anybody. In, in the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm a huge admirer of Depp, um, Jude Law, Robert Downey Jr., Kate Blanchett, Kate Winslet, Juliet Binoche. I've never seen her do anything, you know bad um who's someone who's someone who's someone you look at and you say to yourself i relate to the way he does or he she does maynard james keenan from um the vocalist from tool and perfect circle and pussifer he's also a winemaker and a jiu-jitsu teacher if i'm correct he is a master of multitasking does he he have a gold medal in Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Not I, like- I think he might. Does he? <laughs> I don't think so. no, I'm not sure. Not I think he like did, our no. producer, Diego. <laughs> no, yes. <laughs> gold medal. Uh, our uh, producer, Diego, uh, got a ball, um, ball, a gold medal today. Drinking uh, from his cup. It's, it's, it's an honor. <laughs> um, the funny but, thing is every mm. time we have, uh, last few times we had um, guests on, we always somehow have a mention towards the heavy metal crowd like you said sure you said tool and like mm, mm. Yeah. i mean my favorite music um i listen to a lot but i keep coming back i never tire of michael jackson and tool mm. um more recently bowie obviously um why why obviously also keep it till the end um i listen to a lot of pat metheny as well and pink floyd and the doors and um the doors yes okay. oh, i love jim morrison oh, yeah i am um, i i can see his faults. I don't. Something that's become more recent in my life is I used to sort of hero worship, you know, and um, not like I had a shrine, um, but I wasn't too far from that. And they are just people as well, you know. Um, might be a little bit too late to realize that, but um, incredibly childish. But I did sort of always think these people were just perfect, and you know, no, they they the mistakes is what has made them so great. I assume. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's a few. Few heroes of mine, yeah. David Lynch, I adore him. Yeah. Well, let's jump back to the yeah, Bowie. Yeah, I was the, say the, the Bowie, yeah. The Bowie yeah. segue. Yeah, yeah. So why why would you <clears throat> then be listening into a little bit more Bowie at the moment? Uh or maybe of, the past year. Because I've always loved him. Mm. Um and uh David Bowie made it okay to be David Bowie. Um but I have been attached to a feature film project playing said person. 
Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I've known since, I thought it was February, but I've actually known <coughs> since um, nearly a year ago, May, but I was only allowed to talk about it since October, I think. Mm. Gary posted, announced it. Um, it's it's an honour. It's also terrifying. Mm. Um, talking about how to approach that. I'm playing him from 1967 to 1977. So we're going from... Space Oddity, Hunky Dory, Ziggy, Stardust, Aladdin Sane, Young Americans, um, Plastic Soul Era. We're going into Station and Station when he's the Thin White Duke. Pretty much to just before he went to Berlin to get off the coke with Iggy Pop and work with Eno. How do you begin with someone like her? Yeah. It's terrifying. That's... So all I'm thinking is I'm just playing multiple parts. I'm playing Ziggy. I'm playing Thin White Duke. I'm playing Halloween Jack. I'm playing... because. The, the most terrifying thing about playing a real person, oh, crikey, and I've only um, done it once, is we do the job and that's fine, but it's, we're kind of leaving a, a legacy of that person. We're representing them and their family. And mm-hmm. so there has to be, you know, I, I'm trying to approach it as myself in Bowie's given circumstances or Davy Jones, as his real name is, mm. um, David Jones. Yeah, so... I'm terrified, but it's in a good way. That's been quite motivating usually, mm, um, mm. as long as it doesn't. I was showing the other day this thing called the anxiety curve. Oh, what's and that? It's in short. It's um, if you look at a graph. Now I've got to try and get this right. You've got uh, time or work, and then the level of anxiety. Some ins- there it is right there. Some anxiety, yes, can actually help you and motivate you and keep you focused. But there's a point where anxiety is so high that you just freeze mm, as you don't. It's detrimental. So for the moment, I think I have something close to that. So I'm looking at it now, something close to that sweet spot. But then again, the first day on set will be... And I, we've, we've done sort of effectively, effectively a costume test as Ziggy has been done, and um, wow, um, it I would would be lying if I had not shed a tear of just. It's quite overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but look, it, it, he's an entity to people. He's not just a, a musician. So people look at him like you know. Um, he's an entity, mm. and uh. You know, there have been other productions of people playing him and they've been slammed. And I think the, the, the most important thing is, is I think my performance has to be a love letter to him. Mm. Um, oh, that's great. I just, that's yeah, great. it is, it is a bit, sure. but yeah, but it's um in a good way, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's awesome. I mean, and I imagine that, I mean, your first step would be research. Yeah, you know, which I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been researching him since I was fourteen. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, in terms of, I mean, I was heavily bullied at school. I, you know, I've, um, you know, I'm bisexual. All these things, you know, it, it, it's there's a lot of things about him that I can relate to. Mm. I'm not sure if I'm imagining this or this is true. I think it is true though. When I was a little wee chap playing in the backyard, my auntie. Happens to be an enormous Bowie fan. Um, oh. Her pregnant belly once bumped into him, actually. <laughs> um, and I think apparently I was playing in the backyard, three or four, little you know popper. 
And I think she leant over to my mother apparently and said, you've got a little Bowie on your hands. He's a weirdo. It's very strange. <laughs> so there's kind of a special, not only is it special because I adore him, but it's kind of, I think it will, it will change my life forever, regardless of how successful I am at it or how successful the film is. It will change my life forever just going to those places. Should I do it justice and should I um, go there? Really go there. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it's in the hands of somebody who really respects uh, the person of David Bowie and, and wants to give a good performance, you know, beyond a kind of um, a vain kind of, oh, I hope everybody else kind of likes my acting. It's more mm. about I'm honoring a person. There's always a bit of that going on in the background. Of I mean, course. It's, it's, like, it's like, you know, you don't have to be a narcissist to have some, you know, there is such a thing I believe is healthy narcissism. It's not about looking in as, as Eddie well, is. self-esteem, right? Yes, it's, yeah. not like, it's not like, you know, when Eddie is, I was talking about it, you know, a narcissist looks in the mirror and, oh, I'd love to have sex with myself. It's not, <laughs> it's not that. It's yeah, just, yeah. Um, you know, but an element of, look, it's nice to be told well done and get of a pat course, on the back yeah, and, you know, yeah. but um, so there's some of that, but, yeah, I think particularly with someone like Bowie who means so much to people, mm, mm. Um, you've, it kind of comes with the territory. I mean, you're always representing the writer and everybody else involved in the, in the team sport that is theatre or film. Um, it's collaborative and all the rest of it. But this is um, I'm playing real person and not just any real person. It's a bit... Mm. Yes. I mean, my ultimate dream is to play the Joker. Ah. This is... Um, which, which I, it's funny though. It's, it's interesting. Despite that I'm terrified about Bowie and I would be terrified because of the pressure of, you know, wrecking havoc on Gotham city. Mm. Having said that, I've, I can see and imagine myself in said trailer in the purple suit, white hands, green hair, the cane. I see myself with a cane. Um, I think I'd be very relaxed compared to other work. Because I just, I've, you talk about, like the Bowie, I've been researching Batman since I was four, you know, yeah, 89 yeah. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Similar though with Bowie, it's like, I think the the anticipation and the research and the thing, which is actually with every part, but particularly this is the frightening part. I think once, the most important thing for me is to decide that I do not know this person. I know a lot about as much as I can. I've never met him and I won't meet him. Mm. Bless. Um, but I, I look. I might eat my own hat, but I think I'm going to be quite relaxed in the work itself. Mm. Hopefully, not in a sort of um, uh, appearance of aloofness or mm, mm, mm. you know, not giving a toss. I mean, like I said, I've got to find that fight and everything mm. that happens. But um, the thing is, though, is that ultimately I'm a supporting role. It's it's called Two Penny Prince, and it's about Mark Bolan from T Rex, who effectively started the glam movement. Bowie made it huge. Mm. He, but um, they were friends, they were rivals, they were lovers, I under if I'm, I understand is right. So it's not your regular biopic, it's more of a buddy film. Mm, There's a bit mm. of a Sherlock Watson, Batman and Robin <laughs> thing there. Yeah. And um, the line, you know, in Heroes, we can be heroes just for one day, that was something Mark Boland actually said to David Bowie when they were standing on the rooftop, if that's true. Mm. So, and Boland, if I'm correct, I might have to check my research, but had just died when he was writing that. So Wow. A lot of those, I'm not sure if all of the lyrics, but that line, we can be here just for one day, is Mark Boland. Mm. So, I, I, the appearance of hopefully not appearing lazy or whatever, I think it takes some of the pressure off because I'm, I'm, I've got to support mm. Jake Wyatt, who's playing Mark Boland. I need to support him. 
um, as much as I would hope he'll support me. Mm. Um, I haven't met him. He's in London, but I'm, we've been in contact, and he um, seems lovely. And um, I'm, I'm very look. I'm very excited. I'm excited about the team. Um, yes, Gary Rhodes has written it and producing it, and along Andrew Wood, who produced Last King of Scotland. Um, there's a number of people involved. There's a number of people still yet to be involved. Um, yes. COVID is the major player mm, right now mm. um, because as much as we hypothetically could do it in the studio here, the studios, as I understand it, are all booked out. Um, yes, they are. Yes, 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 they are. Um, but, um, but it's a matter of once COVID in London somewhat sorts itself out, or there's a confidence in the vaccine, not just there, but also here. Mm. Um, so the first thing everyone asks usually, and thank you for not asking at first, but as um, you know, when 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 do you begin? All I can say is I've been attached to the project, and I've read the screenplay. It's spectacular. Um, there are other people potentially in talks to direct it. Um, it's, it's still very much in development, but yeah. Um, I just look. I I've got to stop though. I, it is so exciting, <laughs> terrifying, and exciting. Well, we're both excited for you, <laughs> and we both wish you, you chukas, ma- major chukas on that. Thank That's you wonderful. Very much. Yeah. Um, and then could we? Are there any other colleagues or friend of yours that you want to shout out to? That you want to give chukas to? Yes, I, I'm Dan McLean in London, Sam Haft, mm. um, Chris Miller, Samantha Windsor. Um, who else? This is terrifying. You always think I'm going to forget someone. Andrew, no. Andrew Vesnevsky has been a yeah, huge, great. huge influence on me. Um, Andrew Robert in Auckland. I think he might be in Sydney now, actually. I'm not sure. I haven't seen him in a while. But yes, he's... I think everybody I've met, um, which sounds incredibly vague, but in, in, <laughs> in the world, or in the world, all that is, is an influence. Because, I mean, that's where we get our mm. ticks and our voices and our... Um, I like to think I'm a reasonable mimic, and that's kind of where I get that from. I think everyone, mm, you know, mm, mm. including you two, you know, <laughs> and and myself as well. You know, trying to just observe what the weird things that go on and this strange instrument that, yeah, I don't know. Absolutely. Well, we'll 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 get their Instagrams. We'll find their Instagrams. We'll give chuggers to them if they have Instagrams. Yes. Um, we'll give chuggers up on the uh, on the on when we release the podcast. Bless. Um, thank but you. Thank you so much for coming on board. My absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. yeah. Slowly, the shoulders have started to drop. I'm still a bit nervous, but I'm starting <laughs> to drop a little bit. Yeah. No, you're great. Thank you for so much. Yeah, come coming past and uh, obviously short notice and uh, triggers for everything is coming. Everything coming up and uh, you actually have a bunch of other products that yeah, we haven't even talked we haven't about. Talked about yeah. <laughs> We're out of time, but yeah. Um, yeah. And thank you to everybody listening, watching. Thank you. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks so much for everyone. And uh, chookers. 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 Hey. Hey.